Hello, and welcome to the Tent Podcast, that is to say, Thriving in Technology. Your hosts are Sam Moulton, Petra Stefanova, and yours truly, Cecilia Taylor, all members of the Influence team here at NetApp. For this episode, we're excited to have our mentor, Amy Lewis, joining us. Widely known as Comms Ninja, Amy is the Director of Influence Marketing at VMware. We're looking forward to hearing what our favorite ginger is up to these days. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for carving out time to speak with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I have to say, you guys have, like, the best icon logo ever. I'm a little jealous. Right? Thank you. Is that not great? Yeah. yeah that's pretty awesome. That's, I want the sticker. Yeah. That's so Cecilia. Cecilia. Yep. All Cecilia. Mm. She, she makes it look so much better in a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be appearing as a cartoon henceforth because it looked awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So, I was thinking we could kick things off by having you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you hail from, what gets you out of bed in the morning. You know, most people, I shouldn't say most people, lots of people know you, know a lot about you, but there may be one or two people out there who would love to hear a little bit more about you. Um, well, thank you. My name is Amy Lewis. I joined the technology world about, I guess, 10 years ago. Um, and had a lot of different roles and sort of stumbled upon this concept of influence marketing to differentiate a little bit from strictly social media and talk about the broader the platform and how it interacts with the whole marketing department so that we weren't, you know, nobody wants to be 20 years old and tweeting for a living their whole career. So um, it was a way to, to expand and, and um, <laughs> it's a way to expand and, and sort of, um, branch out and, and link to what people consider traditional marketing. Um, I do work for VMware currently, um, and I'm freshly back from the Dallas VMUG. So one of the new things I've been doing this year is um, I've had a couple of opportunities to speak, um, to do some keynotes and to recap what happened at VMworld, which has been quite a challenge. How do you, how do you handle that payload of four days in 40 minutes? <laughs> That wow, that challenge. sounds like a that sounds like a proper talent. Um, I mean, <laughs> one of the many unicorn <laughs> talents, isn't it? <laughs> it takes a village. I'm I'm happy to say uh, I'm not the only one doing these at VMUGs around the country, and and there's a little band of us sort of sharing slides. And how do you how do you compress everything into a an, into a short consumable format? So, yeah, wow. Um, this like, kind of reminds me of the Silicon Valley episode, how they were trying to put, the, put down this algorithm. Maybe that should be your next book. How do you do that? <laughs> there we go. Talking about secret talent, Amy, I mean, three of us have learned tremendous amount from you, and there's plenty of people out there who look up to you like as a massive influencer in the influencer world. You're an influencer of the influencers. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the questions I have for you is, you're known for always having the best group and knowing what's going on in the unicorn tech world. Tell us what's your secret. How do you find those exciting news trends in the world? It must take an extra special talent or a skill. So would you like to share the dark secret with you with us? Um, so you're going to laugh, but I, I putting some thought into this one. Uh, first, thank you. That was quite a compliment. It's uh, been an honor to work with all of you uh, in the past and you know ongoing. It's a it's it's a cool industry to be be part of. So thank you. Um, I think you have to listen. 
and I know people say that, but listen to all the sources. And I have to say, if I have a mentor in this, it's Cecilia, because she has that ability to consume content at a speed I have never witnessed anybody else do. And her ability to put her finger on the pulse is amazing. And, and she taught me that. So um, have a nice broad set of, of people you follow and listen to. Twitter's the best, in my opinion, because it gives you the most bang for your buck. You can read the least and learn the most because you can dive in where you want to. Um, and then I think the other part of it is, is kind of go with your gut. But I've been laughing. So side story of we've repainted my, my youngest daughter's bedroom. And I tend to be, there's color in the house. I'm not a white walls kind of person, but um, she went, she went pretty, pretty far out on a limb. It was pretty beachy blue. I don't know how to describe it, but it looks like something of a restaurant in Miami might be painted. And it made me laugh really hard because the only thing that, ma that is contrapuntal, if you will, to this blue is flamingo pink in my mind. So I kept getting her random flamingo things, right? Because if you're going to go that blue, you got to balance it. So I got flamingo lights. And all of a sudden, have you guys noticed the way you know if you're onto something, it's in Target. There's flamingo everything. So that was just good fortune. So I think some ways having a sense of humor and like trying something. That that so the one part of the answer is serious and the other part is like if you you know, nothing better than pranking your child, right? With flamingos everywhere. And suddenly I feel like Target is 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 on to what we're what we're doing. Flamingos on men's shirts, flamingos on socks, they're everywhere. Do you happen to like cactus as well? Because they're everywhere too. I, you know, isn't that funny? You've got either like the, the wetlands, marshlands, or, you know, if you're feeling more arid, you can go cactus. So, yeah, no, I, and the sincere answer is listen, read, learn, and then play with it a little. And if it doesn't stick, the world will tell you and try something else. I'm thinking more of a Florida vibe based on what you're saying with the flamingos and the blue. Um, but and thank you so much for for saying that. I, I I didn't. I like being inspirational, but I never really thought, you know. Anywho, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, but again, I'm getting a Florida vibe. I'm getting a Florida vibe. <laughs> it's the next wave. Right. We recently read an article in the Entrepreneur that made us think, you know, Amy could have written this. The title is How to Be a Confident Badass at Work and Silence That Little Voice in Your Head. The actual author is Hayden Field. He's a smart cookie um, staff writer for Entrepreneur. We'd like to get your thoughts, though, on a few of the points she's making, uh, starting with the idea that confidence is at the heart of everything. In your opinion, what do you think are the roadblocks that keep from stepping up the way their male counterparts do? Two things. I think that women stop ourselves more than we ought to. And, um, and I am ashamed to say this, and I think it's something we have to work through as uh, as a group of people, I think women stop each other. And I think it can become, so I'll start on that one first, because that's an uncomfortable, but I'm going to go there anyway. Um, I think that sometimes women, we have been, we haven't, and, and let me put it in a context, everything with me is an analogy, right? Um, I am, I took up soccer late in life. I started playing in June. And I play in over 40, no contact, co-ed league. 
which I love. And there's a lot of words there. The oldest dude on the team is like 72. So if you're not feeling like running one day, then you'll get, you know, age shamed into like picking up the pace a little bit because <laughs> he's going to be faster than you. Um, but anyway, I, I one of the things that I, I think and I see like playing with men from across various industries, various walks of life, culturally very diverse group um, is they know how to like slam into each other, even though this is no contact, right? And you like shake hands and get up and keep going, right? There is like, I don't know even where it starts, where the training begins of the way to play together and the way to support each other, even if you're competitors. And, and I think that's something that we, I don't know what we were taught, but I feel like there's this weird collective mindset of there's only one spot. Like one woman gets one spot on the panel, on the stage, on the whatever, and we have to shake ourselves out of that notion. Um, so one of the coolest things about my league is we don't have goalkeepers. So you have to do what they call one-touch goals. So if you're the best person on the field and you can dribble past everybody <clears throat> and you're going full, you know, uh, Carly Lloyd on somebody, then it doesn't matter because once you get to the goal, you're going to go, er, 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 direct, you know, abrupt halt. And you got to find somebody to pass to. It changes the game fundamentally. But it is such a good ongoing team building exercise because you have to work together. And I would say um, just a bit of advice and something I'm trying to take on too and fight in myself. You're not the only person there. Bring people with you. Bring them with you. Um, that your any luck, any hard work you have, share it. It's going to be better for bringing people with you. And I think that confidence then your confidence, if you have a bit that day, can share out with somebody else. Um, as individuals, I think we do stop ourselves for whatever. We tell ourselves some story that I can't do this or it's too hard. Um, I promise you, the first time I got on stage, I did the keynote in Cincinnati for the Mug opening that morning. I crammed for four days. Like I read, I watched videos, and, and I asked questions. Everybody I knew, like, because there's a every single person knew something more than I did going on that stage because I did have to cover everything that was at VMworld. I'm going to be the Jane of all trades, master of none in this conversation. It was so hard, but I had to tell myself, I they asked me to do this. Nobody else is here to do it. And it's actually what I tell my daughter on the soccer pitch as well. You can't, if not you, then who? And that's been my new thing to say to myself. If you don't get to the ball then who, do you really, are you going to, yes, rely on each other, work together, but you, nobody stands back and watches and says, ah, somebody else will get that one, right? <laughs> like, you, if not you, who? If not now, when? Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really empowering, I, th I think. Uh, also to the audience, I'm sorry for my, for my voice. I'm just from the dark side. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to help me translate that I was actually talking about football. Uh, not well, I, I did got a bit, and I was just hoping, like, I hope people listening actually get what she's talking about. But I'm just going to say one thing, and at least from my perspective, how you can translate that if there's no I in a team. That's it. That really is it. And, and in some ways, and it's kind of, it sounds funny because it sounds like we're saying opposite competing things. But truthfully, if you don't help your team, who will? And if you don't 
help your team who will, right? Like, so you have to bring yourself as that individual and you have to bring people with you. And, and I do think as a gender, that's something we can get better at. And maybe it's because we weren't, and again, very broad strokes here. There are always cases within, but we weren't pushed into team sports. We, it wasn't just an assumption growing up for everybody. And so we didn't get these opportunities to figure out how to play together, which sounds funny, but in the world where we have so much conflict and there's so much happening, let's pull back to that. Um, you did a great episode with Kat and John Troyer, and they were talking about that playfulness and how do we bring that into our life. Um, there's still lessons we need to learn from that. So I, I feel like this is, this is that moment, right? We can all make a difference. So go out and do something great because you can, and then bring somebody else with you if you do. Well, yeah. Very good points there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, just kind of taking it all in. Um, but we, we've said all along that you're one smart lady. So appreciate that, that well, uh, input. Smart. Not so smart that I'm not um, a, a consumer of the icy hot patch because the caveat there is sometimes you'll overdo it, but you know what? There's ways to heal. <laughs> yep. You just so. got to pick yourself back up again. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> Shake it off. So one of the first tips shared in the article is about the importance of putting yourself first, uh, practicing self-care. What do you do to get your day started the right way? And are there things you do um, or you try to do throughout the day to keep you grounded? Uh, yeah, actually, especially because I do work from home primarily, um, or I'm I'm traveling to get somewhere. It takes, and, and I know everybody thinks this isn't true, but I am on record as I'm more introverted than extroverted. So I have to take some, some inner time. I, I tell my team this, I feel this way. You guys know this. You've heard me say it before. You have to have time for yourself to think big thoughts. So that can come for everybody in a different way. Um, you could maybe walk the dog in the run, morning, run in the morning, I, time in the shower. For me, I am guilty of touching the phone the first thing, but I sort of like to know what the frame of the day is going to look like. For me, I like to know what's coming. So I look at my calendar. I've usually done it right before I've gone to bed, but I look again, has anything changed? Kind of where I, I work. I live on the East Coast of the U.S. I work on the West Coast. So I get... That time in the morning, I use what what would be maybe a drive time for somebody who is a West Coaster because your traffic is uh, legendary. Um, but for me, I, I get that time while you're in a car to, to sort of think those new big thoughts, to ponder the importance of flamingos and my next marketing plan, whatever kooky thing I'm doing. Um, but I, I almost touch the phone first to get it out of the way. So I say, this is what it looks like. I've got this much time to think. I need to get this thing knocked out and then then I move forward. Um, Self-care is important. In all seriousness, I think the reason I took up a team sport is to make myself stop putting it off and actually go do something active. Because I ran for a long time. I don't, I'm a terrible runner. I'm not good at it. Uh, my new dog is an equally terrible runner. Together we are a catastrophe. So that wasn't the best way for either one of us. She's a long walker. You know, and that's great. That, so go out. I do that. I listen to podcasts. But I needed something else. So I think figuring out whatever it is, I really do believe in that physical activity part because that so many ideas come to you when you breathe more, sweat a bit, um, anything, anything. Walk around, just any, any, anything to keep yourself active. And that, I think, is one of the most important parts of self-care. Or, of course, 
lift weights um, because you might need to arm wrestle Sam. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> we thought about kind of bringing that back, yep. you know, to Insight yep. this year, but just wouldn't be we the same you without you. Exactly. Yeah. For all our <laughs> listeners, I'm telling you, if, if Sam Moulton challenges you to an arm wrestling contest, she is a shark. Don't accept, get a trainer. Like, this is not a joke. This is not a drill. She's going to take your money. If she's betting on it, you're going to lose. Well, yeah, I'm taking win. that, but she's, she's just as bad. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about uh, putting that uh, dice tattoo on the arm again, just in case anybody does want to take me up on it, you know? That's when the intimidation factor, uh, you know, <laughs> show up. That's it. That's it. That's the yep. secret, right? Yeah. You should look badass even if you don't still like it. That, it actually ties in very nicely. It's true. In some ways, like swagger, right? Know what your swagger is and don't be afraid to use that. Um, it, it's back again a little bit of a gendered response we're trained to apologize we're trained to don't know what you know and it's okay to say what you don't know and I think that's I know we get advised about all the time it's okay to say what you don't know help somebody find the person who does know and be proud of the things that you do know they can be very niche in some ways the things that I am most secure on are incredibly niche but I know what I know and I'm I'm happy to, to share those things in hopes that they help somebody else because it's, we're all kind of Lego pieces in this, right? We all walk together to make something better. It's funny, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we tend to apologize a lot. I had just recently read an article about how that can impact your credibility, especially in the workforce. So I've been paying attention and I am shocked by how often I just automatically apologize, uh, you know, uh, my apologies, I'm sorry, sorry. It's just, I'm just throwing it in there all the time. So I am really watching out for that now, I'm sorry to it's say. So many things, <laughs> it? It's so many It's so many things that we as women do quite often without even actually paying attention. And for instance, I've noticed for myself that um, I'm actually probably the only extroverted person on that panel today. <laughs> But I come across as being like quite confident and sometimes borderline arrogant, but I'm secretly quite insecure actually in many in many aspects. And I think many women are like that. You know, we all have our little things that we are worried about and we all unfortunately quite familiar with the so called very much dreaded imposter syndrome, which was actually one of the discussion in this article and I don't know, like Amy seems like someone who has no clue about that, so, you know, who actually can quote it all, and, you know, it, you seem like so confident you come across as someone who got it all together, so I just want to ask you, like, for our listeners out there, would you share your perspective on it, and, you know, how do you fight the imposter syndrome? How do you make I, sure I it doesn't stay in your head? Yeah, and I don't think imposter syndrome is dedicated to one gender for sure. In that case, I think it's a human condition. And um, it's just whether, like you said, people admit it, talk about it or not. I think there are a few, few people who don't have that moment of, uh, you know, the feeling like a phony, the Holden Caulfield moment, as I like to think about it, right? Um, I absolutely have those moments. I have those moments on a daily to weekly basis. I think it really is how you deal with it, how you approach it. And there's a lot of different ways to go at it. Um, we were joking about, you know, putting a fake tattoo on before you go to an arm, wrestle, arm wrestling match. 
sometimes it is it's putting on the outfit you need to wear to give yourself the confidence to go to the next thing um sometimes it's it's reading up or studying a particular line of study to give yourself that those nuggets you need you know and again that's a, a group strategy right you're you're leveraging somebody else's uh intelligence research work not taking it from them but lifting it up and using it to empower yourself to to kind of conquer whatever you're doing um so think about think about the thing you're trying to do and how you can get there recognize it own it i i feel like a phony right now people feel like a phony oftentimes um how can i get through this because it really is about recovery and getting to that next step because I don't think there's a person alive who hasn't had a moment of why me? Why am I here? This is, they've got the wrong person. If only, if they find out I'm going to get kicked out of here, you know, but don't worry, you won't get out, uh, kicked out of, out of Twitter. I think they'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, Twitter supports I, you. Twitter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I, you know, I totally understand that. You know, we've talked about this before. I mean, I've been working on the building the A team now for five years, and I am still, you know, trying to fight that idea that I don't know what I'm doing, um, yep. despite the fact that, you know, I'm running this successful program. And, you, you know, you've been a, a factor in that. You've been, you know, really supportive, and I appreciate your, your perspective you on things, your mentorship. You know, you do such I mean, a great just... job on it. And that's, that, that would be maybe another tip of sometimes when you have those days, because we all have them, is to turn around and look at what you've done. Because exactly what you said, you've got a body of work. So you can turn around and go, okay, I know I'm having a terrible day and I am a low confidence day, but look at this body of work. I'm just going to, you know, sometimes I, I once, a really rotten day, just went and read the reviews of myself on LinkedIn, which sounds like a really funny thing to do. But I thought, who is this? She sounds awesome. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm just going to, even just like one line out of one of them, if I can be that person today, I'm just going to pretend to be that person today. So it's almost like you take imposter syndrome and you stick it in its Flip own it. eye, right? Yep, you just like, turn it right around. Yes, like, okay, fine. I'm a big phony. Fine. I hear you, lizard brain. But I'm going to fake it this way today. I'm going to do this one thing. Now I need to review for me, you, Amy. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, when I was listening to you, uh, it just reminds me of why I put makeup when I go to conferences. People are like, oh, my God, you look so different. I was like, oh, my God, you don't look tired. I'm like, that's why I spend so much money on makeup. <laughs> right. It's, it, it's your battle armor. I think we all have battle armor in a different way. Like, whatever it is, find it and, like, it, you it. know. Yeah, own it. Have that be, I will be confident because of this thing today. I want to take a little bit of a different turn. I'm going to ask you a question uh, about uh, looking forward to the future. You have two amazing young daughters who are growing up into such lovely young women, one of which looks exactly like you, by the way. <laughs> um, what do you think or what are your biggest hopes and what are your fears also for them as they enter their workforce? Um, or maybe you envision something completely different for them. That's a great question and um, very top of mind for me uh, for a couple of reasons. One, my eldest is a planner like myself, and so she's already very concerned about what she will do with her life. 
and and we talk a lot. She's 13, and it is the ultimate age, in my opinion, for that imposter syndrome to creep. Um, and helping her see what she's good at, helping her try new things, she's inspired me. Um, and I, I think the thing I worry about them is that they will limit themselves. So what I try to do is move everything I can out of their way. And it's a, it's been a hard lesson for me too, because you we all come with so many opinions and you just have to check yourself over and over and over again. Am I saying this because I'm afraid for me or for her? And, um, and realizing the way I came through school and the way I brought up, was brought up is, is very different than where they're at. And it's almost like in school there's too much pressure, too much emphasis on perfection. And I know there's been a lot of articles out there right now. I recommend people go out and read them about failing and how to make sure that you can fail in front of them so that your kids can see what you do wrong and own your failures. It's about recovery. Um, so I think that's been a big part, a big part of it. It actually came uh, just this past week doing a panel and someone asked about his daughter was 12 and he was concerned because she felt math was too hard for her. And it was new and, and I, that one really just hit home for me because I've watched Again, I have an 11 and a 13-year-old. My 11-year-old is fearless and can conquer anything because it hasn't set in yet. And 12, it starts to creep in. And by 13, you're doubting yourself. It's such a hard transition. And it was the coolest conversation I have with him about here's some things that you can do. You know, have her teach you at the end of the day. To her, she's learned something because she's teaching you something. Um, try something. Fail in front of her. Fail publicly. I mean, Tying it back to the whole soccer thing, that's one of the reasons I did it. To, I knew they were going to be better than me at this. I've never done this. And to watch me, they, they have been my biggest champions. To turn that around, um, that, that has been, I guess, and it speaks to my thoughts about mentoring, to take it to a slightly different place, of never assume that you're sitting on some ivory tower talking down like some oracle, Right humble yourself and and always listen like let everybody mentor you open yourself be flexible and let yourself learn and they are two of the best teachers I've ever had because nobody speaks to me with more honesty <laughs> painfully so and um and just I hope I, I always tell them I know you'll make mistakes but I just want you to make different ones than me but if I can do one thing for you, let me let me give you my mistakes so you can make fresh ones. I don't expect you to be perfect. Just be diverse in your, in your, in your failure, right, to make sure you get where you need to be. <laughs> Mary, that sounds so inspiring. Now I want to have two daughters as well. <laughs> Seriously. Let me, let me warn you about some of the other things that get with us. Do you ever want to yeah. do like a topic for another book? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, Amy, um, why don't we take a look at what's ahead for you? I mean, what are you thinking your next steps are? What's on your bucket list? That is a great question. Um, I'm so improvisational. Oftentimes, I, I tease my the other ginger in my life, Josh Atwell, is so planful, <laughs> and I'm so improvisational. We couldn't be further apart in that regard. Um, I always admire and respect it. I I think I 
And I realize I'm coming in my old age to understand that I just like a challenge. So I think for me what's next is, is what can I conquer that I haven't conquered yet? So going on stage and speaking about things that are a little more technical is new for me. It's terrifying, and I want to get better at it. Um, because I do know how to have those conversations in an interview capacity. I know how to ask the question. I know how to listen. Um, it's intimidating to try to teach it. And I have a lot of respect for the people who do that on an ongoing basis. So I'd love to try to get better at that aspect of what we do. Other than that, you know, uh, a hat trick in a game. I want to score three goals in one game. <laughs> All right. Well, that's something to aspire to. Yeah. What, about, what about some personal tongue? Maybe that will help you with your snake situation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, see, I'm really proud of it. So for those who don't know, I have an unfortunate, perhaps, visitor who lives on my porch. It's a No, you're house. lucky. Well, lucky, she, lucky. And we decided the she for no reason other than we decided. But it's a six-and-a-half-foot black snake, and they eat other snakes, and they eat rodents um, that the, the house lions don't take care of, my cats. But it, she is so comfortable, she will sometimes drape her, her long, lean self, which is a little disturbing when you're coming home late at night, and you definitely want to wear shoes, and you definitely want to turn the porch light on because porch snake is like, hey. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of scared of snakes, but there's a point where you just have to – accept and move forward and that's where we're at like she just wants to show off and have her picture taken i can do that for her that sounds like she's she's a bit of a playing adele hello <laughs> yeah, 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 yes she is she's i feel that she's got a lot of personality there pretty cool i mean um yeah make sure you learn that personal tongue i think it will be useful Maybe we can start having conversations have a snake podcast who knows that would be fun a lot of um, static on that podcast we have one last question for you actually um we had a really interesting question from our twitter audience and i suppose one of your fans on twitter mj schmidt so i think it's her name is mary jane um she wants she actually has not one but two questions for you and first of all is how did you get started in podcasting and what are your top tips for building an amazing social media personal brand? So take it on, Amy. Um, so for podcasting, I, a couple of my mentors and friends really guided me. I, again, I don't think it's something you can go at alone. So Brian Gracely was the first podcaster I knew. Uh, the first time I had seen you know, this Yeti mic and and what it was to be on a podcast was way back in my Cisco days early on. It was, and, and it really kind of clicked. He was so and is so good at using multimedia to reach people and tell a message. He will use every possible tool because everybody learns differently. So that was the lesson in and of itself. And then John Troyer and Matt Brinder, or Matt Broberg rather, bringing me along with the Geek Whispers because they had both podcasted had plenty of experience and I didn't, but an editorial background. So the, the combination was just incredible for them to give me the, the real basics. And we like to tease John Troyer tremendously because um, he's had everything from Matt and I sit under a blanket so he'd sound like NPR um, to, you know, all the, the real technical tricks of the trade for podcasting. Um, but, but just kind of what worked. And also my friend Sarah Vella, who is the biggest consumer of podcasters I know, and if I need a new podcast, I just ask Sarah what she's listening to. Um, so those folks 
and, and of course, Greg Neerman uh, from Speaking in Tech. All those guys really taught me so much. So I think if anybody wants to get into it, find a podcaster you know and ask questions. They'll help you. It's an amazing community. Do you want to know a secret? Do you, yes. do you know why we started this podcast? Why? Because we got inspired from Geek Whispers. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so it's awesome to have you here. And, you know, we take John off the list and we have you next. And it's, it's pretty cool, you know, how things are turning around, I suppose. Very cool. So other part of the question, if uh, the social media brand, my boring answer is always get up, dress up, show up. Um, I've been very lucky, but it is a, a matter of you show up over and over and over again. Um, and, and be brave. Like it's exactly fighting imposter syndrome because I don't have anything much more clever than anybody else to say. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And I'm going to say it again and say it again and say it again. And I'm just going to show up to in-person events and I'm going to meet people. And that's what I told myself. And that's what I did and do just over and over and over again. Boring, routine, in some ways, but the the boring advice, but amazing outcome. Oh, I forgot to ask. So I was going to ask you, name something that most people who know you don't realize about you. Oh, gosh, that is a good question. Um, I feel like everybody knows everything. See, I was going to go with the one knowing that you're an introvert, even though it seems like you're extroverted. Yeah. That, that one I think is the, yeah. Because I was going to say I'm an insomniac, but I feel like that's world famous too. Well, I, I yeah, think we, we know we about know the that. insomnia part. Um, the one thing about the introversion is the fact that people have this perception that introverts don't like to talk or they're not, right. or that they can't that come forward, that they're shy. And it's that it's, it, and it's not that. It's that we have the ability to get up for it, but that's not how we draw our energy. We draw yep. our energy in a more subdued way. Yes. And so that's that when we take that time to reflect and we take that time to spend that quiet time with ourselves, that's how we recharge so that we can, I, you know, get up and do it after. I think that's so important. I think it's such an important thing to share because the more I do work and the more events I go to, the more I try to encourage people to find that time to recharge because that is like a full-on assault for anybody anywhere except Anywhere on the introversion scale, right? Unless you're extremely even for extroverts as well, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's see, that's good feedback because I feel like your people are like, woohoo, we can go do this seven more times. I'm like, my people are like, please, for the love of Pete, like let us hide on the plane. Yeah, right. I need some headphones. I need a long well, trip. Yep. You know, I think I don't know if if anyone else can identify with this, but early on in my career, I pretended I was an extrovert. Ooh. I could even scam the tests to make sure that I came out. Brainwash <laughs> uh, yourself that you're an extrovert. Well, some. It wasn't cool to be an introvert right, from no. 20 years ago. It really no. wasn't. That people yeah, that's you couldn't do certain jobs if you were an introvert. Career limiting, even. Yeah. yeah. No, I right with you. Yeah. Supposedly, it's for salespeople. It's the best to be in the <clears> middle <throat> because too extroverted, it's too salesy. But too introverted, you don't want to speak to your customers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Amy. We had such a great time talking to you. To our listeners, if you're interested in getting in touch with Amy, she's practically one word famous now. 
follow her on the Twitters, at Comms Ninja. We look forward to hearing more from her and certainly hope to have her back for a future episode. We know you have a bunch of podcasts you could be listening to, and we appreciate the time you took to spend with us and hope that you will add us to your must-listen queue of podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback. What would you like us to talk about? Send an email to ng-tentpodcast at netapp.com and let us know. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.